0: On episode 539 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Dr. Kami Haas and discuss his book, If Your Mouth Could Talk, an in-depth guide to oral health and its impact on your entire life. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 539. you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness, the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. Each week we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40. I'm Alan Meisner. I'm an NSAM certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise, behavior change and fitness nutrition, a FAI certified functional aging specialist, and an OTA Level 2 online trainer. I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey, all right? Let's go. If you know you can't sustain another year of sliding down the aging curve, weight gain, body aches and pain, no drive, If you're ready to see your energy and confidence go up, 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 and you want to build a sustainable lifestyle that helps you be the best you you can be, then you should check out Be Fit for Task. 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT. Inside BFFT, I work with you to develop the mindset needed to lose weight and keep it off, build up your fitness safely so you can be who you need to be, put together the right for you strategies and tactics have accountability to stick with it, and create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. I'll be like the headlights on your car and the rumple bumps on the side of the road to keep you on your road to wellness day or night. And at the end of our six weeks together, you'll have more energy, be stronger and healthier, and yes, you'll have lost weight. But more importantly, you'll have the skills and tools you need to keep going, to be fit for task, to live the life you're meant to live imagine how amazing that's going to feel. Apply at 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT and we'll get on a discovery call to make it happen. 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT. Hey, Raz, how are things going?
1: Good. How are you today, Alan?
0: I'm a little frustrated. Just a oh, little. dear.
1: Oh, <laughs> gosh. How come?
0: Okay. Now, you know, not long ago, I guess it's been a little while now, we went through that Pick the music for this podcast, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went
0: on a site where you were supposed to be able to get royalty-free, license-free music
2: mm-hmm. to
0: play and use. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what I did, to be fair, I didn't have to because this site offers these things for free,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is I went in and I donated on PayPal a little bit of money, not a lot, to all three of them. I said, Mm -hmm. if I'm considering your song, then I'll pay all three of you because I downloaded your song. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And now, because I'm posting my podcast on YouTube, I'm getting copyright infringement letters from a company that works for the guy I bought the songs from or got the songs from. Oh, my gosh. And I've emailed him. I've tried to refute it. And the risk I have is, you know, if I keep trying to refute it, then... YouTube will just take my channel now. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And so it's one of those things where they're giving him the benefit of the doubt. And my only opportunity to really fight it is to go in with the death meal. You know, I'm either going to win or I'm going to die. Right. And he's, he's doing it, pinging every show now as it comes out and they're going through and finding these. And obviously, you know, on YouTube, there's, billions of videos. So they're scrolling through those videos. They're finding my, that song in mm-hmm. my show and I get a nasty email once a week now and I can go and refute it, but they almost immediately are just sitting there ready to say false. And That's they're not crazy. looking at the evidence I'm sending them because I show them that it's on a particular site. I can show them the licensing from that site mm-hmm. and I can show them the YouTube. I mean, I'm sorry, the PayPal receipt where mm-hmm. I sent these guys money. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy money. So I'm um, I'm really frustrated. So here's what I want to ask. If anyone in the audience, I usually don't try to talk in the plural, but I know there's a lot <laughs> of you out there. If any of you are musically inclined, maybe in a band or something, and you want to come up with something that I can use for a new theme song for the show, please get in con- contact with me. Okay. Yeah. Alan at 40 plus fitness podcast.com. It needs to be uplifting. It needs to be cool and vibey. You know me. You know where I'm at. You've listened to maybe some of the songs that I've used in the past and what got voted up this time, which I'd love to keep because it's what you wanted to listen to uh, as an intro and an outro for the show. Uh, But I just don't want to keep putting up with this guy hitting it because if at some point the podcast on YouTube could ever or would ever monetize, Mm -hmm. he's going to be the one monetizing it. So the whole mm-hmm. other rest of the podcast gets nothing because he's claimed this 30 seconds or so, or even two minutes or so of music that I got legitimately off of a share site. Yeah. Um, it, he put it out there. I, I got his email. I got it. He got paid. And now he's trying to come after my revenue where well, there is none. Wow. But if, if I were <laughs> making revenue or ever right. do monetize or a, am able ever to monetize that site, he's mm-hmm. going to be the one that gets all of that. So wow. I'm like, you know, I just, it's frustrating. That's but,
1: crazy. Well, you
0: know, it is. And, and the and fact that fair. the guy's not responding in a fair way, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm emailing, I have his email because I paid him on PayPal. Mm-hmm. I have his email. So I emailed him directly and he's not responding to me. So I'm going to so send strange. him a couple more emails, but if you are musically inclined, uh, can, you know, play the different instruments, maybe put something together for me, um, then I'd love I'd love to feature a listener's music on the show, uh, give you full credit uh, for doing that for me. So if you if you can, just get in touch with me, Alan at plus plusfitnesspodcastcom um, and let's connect and let's let's figure this. Let's, let's make this a project. Let's have some fun with it. Okay? Yeah,
1: that would be awesome. Be great to have our own listeners' music. How cool is that?
0: Yeah. So hopefully we can work that out. I mean, there's a lot of you out there. Uh, mm-hmm. The podcast gets about five to 6,000 downloads per episode, so I know some of you are really into music and good at music, so if you've got something for me, I want to hear from you.
1: Awesome. That sounds great.
0: How are things up there?
1: Great. Beautiful weather, beautiful time to be outside, enjoying the trail, and getting ready to plant our garden. Just having a good time this spring.
0: So so the ground's not frozen anymore.
1: (laughs) Not right now. (laughs) No, it's actually pretty good. We're getting a lot of sunshine. The weather's warming up. We're just getting the soil ready because it is still definitely too early to plant, but... Yeah, we're just planning out our garden, getting ready to get moving.
0: So, what does the almanac say?
1: <laughs> yeah, don't plant anything till the yeah. beginning of June.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. Better safe than sorry. All right.
0: Well, are you ready to have a conversation with Dr. Haas? Yes. Our guest today is a San Diego based orthodontist and dental facial orthopedist, author and founder of the SuperDentists and Howard Healthcare Academy. He is on the board of counselors at UCLA School of Dentistry, where he previously received his doctorate in dental surgery. He is a nationally recognized speaker and sought-after expert, focusing on oral health and its impact on overall health and emotional well-being. With no further ado, here's Dr. Kenny Haas. Dr. Haas, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thanks for having me. You know, In over six years of doing this podcast, and and this being episode 539 of the podcast, I've never had a dentist uh, or uh, orthodontics. We've never talked about oral health. And I'm like, you know, so to see your book, I was really excited to get an opportunity to have this conversation with you because, you know, we hear a lot about, well, if you have mouth disease or periodontal disease, then there's a higher probability you're going to have heart disease and there's a connection there. So today we're going to kind of get into some of that.
2: Let's get into Uh, it.
0: Yeah. And then, and then, so I'm I'm really excited about it because again, I think it's just one aspect of our health. Mm -hmm. That's really, really important. And of course, when was the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Uh, When was the best time? The second best time is right now. You know, when was the best time for us to take care of our oral health? Well, was when we were babies, but that's when right. is the second best time is what we can do right now. So you got it. And kind of where I want to go, the book is really good though. If, if you've got a grandchildren or children and you want to make sure you're giving them the best opportunity for um, a healthy mouth, a healthy life, uh, the book is really, really good Thank about you. giving you that guidance and giving you the things you need. So I really appreciate this opportunity to have this conversation with you.
2: Likewise. Thank you so much for having me
0: now. Uh, the name of your book uh, is If Your Mouth Could Talk, An In-Depth Guide to Oral Health and the Impact of on Your Entire Life. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, you know, this is about what our mouth is doing for us or to us. And some of those things are, they're going to be a little bit of water under the road. I mean, under the bridge, we're going to have to deal with that. But we are in a place where our, we can start taking control of our oral health. And this book gives you a lot of that. So thank you. Why? You went through a lot of this in the book, and there were studies uh, about you know all these all these chronic diseases that we're dealing with: heart disease, Alzheimer's, cancers, on and on, diabetes, on and on and on. There's a link to our our mouth, and not just what we're eating, because I think that might be part of it too. But there's a link to our mouth health and these other chronic diseases. Can you kind of go through a little bit of that and that connection and why that might be so?
2: Yes, of course. Again, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be talking about this. So like you said, uh, you've been doing this for so many years and I'm the first dentist really talking about oral health connection to the physical health and chronic diseases and longevity. And that's not surprising because unfortunately, because how our teaching institutions were established 200 years ago, uh, you know, that dental schools and medical schools have always been separate. Over these last two centuries, we, we knew, we used to know it, you know, the early Egyptians and the Greeks, they used, used to have a, they, they were well aware of the connection between oral health and physical health. In fact, they wanted to check someone if they were healthy, they would ask them to open their mouth, they would look at the mouth, they kind of had a good feeling for what was going on, you know, uh, beyond the mouth. But over the last two centuries, un, unfortunately, we've forgotten this because of that education process and then insurances, they don't cover dentistry. And then we've been taught as a dentist, I'm a dentist, I'm an orthodontist and dental facial orthopedists. As you know, my wife is a pediatric dentist. Uh, We have a very large group practice with oral surgeons and with general dentists and with hygienists and with all sorts of other specialties. And so I've had the pleasure, but also the experience of working with all these different specialties, seeing kids and adults and young and elderly go through oral health issues and I think it was time that I put this together. So a few years ago, I actually first wanted to write this book about the oral connection to the physical health, the chronic diseases that you're mentioning, because that was the I thought the biggest disconnection that people have, right? They, they really don't connect it together. But and as you mentioned, more and more studies are coming out. If you ask me, call me Dr. Oz, what's connect, what chronic disease connected to oral health? I'd tell you. Let me just tell you the ones that I don't know yet. <laughs> because almost everything else is, right? So it's easier just to, and, and more and more are found. You know, over the last 20, 30 years, we've had just a flood of information and clinical studies correlating oral health to almost everything, like you mentioned, many types of cancers and heart disease and, you know, pregnancy complications and diabetes and Alzheimer's and dementia and all sorts of things. So uh, the main, the, there are two really main connections. It was a long answer to your question, but there are two primary connections. I, I want you, your listeners to think about this. Your mouth is the opening to your body. Think about this. If you had an infection on your arm, a big infection, the size of your mouth, or on your leg, that connection would be very easy to know that, oh my God, if I don't take care of this infection on my arm or leg, I may lose my arm or leg, or I may have chronic problems, right? I may have organ failures. I may die. That connection is very easy. But when you have an infection in the mouth i.e. dental infection, cavities, or gum infection, periodontal disease, people don't connect those two things, which is really incredible. And again, my profession is to blame really as much for that because we don't go around and educating people because we don't get that education in schools. You know, we're all get, learn how to fill cavities and straighten crooked teeth. So there are two ways primarily that your oral health impacts chronic disease. These two ways are your mouth is filled with microbes. In fact, we have more microbes in our bodies than we have human cells. We have about 30 trillion human cells and somewhere around 100 trillion microbes. And our mouth is filled with billions of microbes, somewhere between 5 billion to 100 billion. So if you have an infection in the mouth, those bacteria or the toxins can enter the bloodstream. And where does the blood go? Everywhere. So it can go to the heart and cause a local infection or cause systemic inflammation, go to the brain, the joints anywhere in the brain and then cause problems or the the inflammation in the mouth in response to the bacteria can cause chronic inflammation that can cause also systemic health issues.
0: Now in the mouth, one of the things that kind of came out of, out of my reading your book was kind of an understanding that, you know, we all kind of knew, well, we all know there's a gut microbiome It's getting more and more pressed. Mm -hmm. That's the hot kid on the block right now. Take Mm -hmm. care of your gut, take care of your health. But our, our mouth actually has its own microbiome.
2: In fact, and... where do you think the gut microbiome comes from? The mouth. Yeah. Right. So let me, this is such a wonderful question, by the way. So when a baby is born, the ba- the, and when the baby is in the womb, there's no microbes involved, right? The baby gets the first dose of its microbiome traveling through the birth canal. And that's why when, when babies have had, you know, the moms have had natural vaginal birth. They just have a better mix of microbiome to begin with right and so and then they, they get more additional microbes through breastfeeding and you know obviously passing between the parents and the siblings and all the caregivers and all and on the first place that these microbes get seeded is in the mouth and every time we swallow all those microbes we're swallowing millions of microbes every time we're swallowing to our gut and that's where the gut microbes come in so you're 100 right people have at least started talking about the gut microbiome and how important that is to our overall health. But I think the misconnection or disconnection again is where does the gut microbes come from? It's a oral, the oral microbiome, which is the collection of all the billions of microbes in your mouth. And so if you don't have a healthy oral microbiome, that whole ecosystem is out of balance. And then you get unhealthy gut microbiome and all of these oral, everything in the body is connected to everything else. But unfortunately, because dentists and physicians, we, we have different worlds and we have the, our own specialties. We all connect. Forget this connection, and so so you're 100 percent right. The microbiome, uh, we it's just the, our microbes has has evolved alongside us for millions of years, and it's key to our survival and it's key to our health, you know, to our immunity, to our digestive system, all sorts of things.
0: Now, for most of us, uh, when we think about oral health, besides coming to visit someone like you on a regular basis, um, we're thinking about brushing our teeth, flossing mouthwash, that type of thing. Exactly. Um, But in many cases, what we're doing is actually causing more harm than good. In many cases.
2: In fact, you would think in the last 30 years, with all the advancements in science, technology, and medicine, our mouths should be healthiest ever, right? But actually, they're the unhealthiest ever. More than 50% of adults over age 30, by the way, these are CDC numbers, and more than... 70% 70% of people age 65 have gum disease. I think if we didn't do anything, we'd be in a better position than using anything oral health that we currently using. So I actually started my book with the first sentence of this is not a book about brushing and flossing because I really <laughs> wanted to make sure that people, because if I like, because I think that's all we are educated about when we go to the dentist, just brush your teeth, floss your teeth, and you should be good to go, right? But I'll, but I just told you that's just not the case. We're very unhealthy as a society, as you know. Uh, unfortunately, as Americans, we have we're uh, just we do many things right, but our health is not one of them. And so, and that's why I love being on podcasts like yours because I feel like this is like our passion, yours and mine, to get this message out to everybody. And so, um, so we want to make sure that you know we we look at your oral health more than brushing and flossing. And like you said, like let's take the mouthwash, which was an example that you said. Let me just give you this very simple I. Uh, the most common mouthwashes that people use. First of all, they use it because they want to mask their bad breath. And where is this bad breath coming from? Is because you have terrible, poor oral health, gum disease. Right. Again, if you had that infection on your arm that was starting to produce this terrible odor, you wouldn't just pour. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, like something that smells good over it, right? You would go take care of the infection. But what we do with our mouths, we, we use these very, very strong, potent antibacterial antiseptic mouthwashes that literally on the bottle says kills 99.99% of germs twice a day. So let me ask you a question. If I asked, told you, hey, I found the best cure for all the diseases, take these antibiotics twice a day indefinitely to prevent disease. You, in this is going to kill 99.99% of the germs in your body. You would tell me Come, you're crazy. I just told you gut microbiome is so critical to our But we do that in our mouth and we don't even think about it. I literally met a person three weeks ago that when I asked him, what do used for oral health? Because he had just terrible oral health. And he said, I use this mouthwash that kills 99.99% of germs. Uh, I won't say the name on, mm-hmm. on the podcast. And then on the other hand, he uses probiotics. So on one hand, he's, put, he's trying to put billions of microbes back in his mouth and uh, When I told them, you know, one of them is just, it's killing all the microbes and the other one is just full of microbes. He's like, he never really thought it through just because he just saw the ad for one and then the other and just like, Hey, I'm going to try to do everything I can. So our oral health is at worst it's ever been. And it's partially due to diet. It's partially because our diet has just changed so much since the agricultural revolution and then the industrial revolution. Everything's processed foods and nothing <laughs> close to what it was intended to do. But partially is because of the oral care products that we're using. It's just a terrible marketplace right now.
0: Yeah. And, and they do a really good job of marketing. I had I read a story one time about why our, our toothpaste uh, foams. Yeah, And it, and it foams because that, um, that showed people it was working.
2: Exactly. You know,
0: and so it, it wasn't it's, that it was valuable. It was just that that became the famous tagline for that co- product. hundred <laughs>
2: percent. In fact, the two things that companies do, manufacture their oral, the so-called oral care products, companies with toothpaste and mouthwash to make you think it's doing something. There are two things. One, they make them foam, like you said, because the more foam you feel like you must be cleaning, doing something, right? In fact, too much foam is terrible because you can't even see what you're doing anymore. A very little bit of foam, using a very natural foaming, like you Kiowa or something, not like SLS or something that's like this, like really damaging your soft tissue. It could be toxic when you swallow it, and all those things that, which most manufacturers use. But so that's on the phone because they are just trying to tell you that they're working, which is actually doing the exact opposite. The other trick they use is they put a very strong mint flavor, like something like peppermint oil, essential oil, which is terrible. Essential oils is another thing that does. They don't. They may have other properties, but they don't belong in your mouth. And so the, a very common one is peppermint oil, which is really very dangerous for children in addition to being, uh, being terrible to the microbiome because it's a very important antibacterial uh, essential oil. But it, what it does, it, you, sound, it, you feel like you have to foam and now your mouth smells like ter- you know, this minty for at least 30 minutes. So it makes you feel like it's doing something. So those are the two things that I think you should just put aside when you're thinking about what oral care products you want to use for yourself or your children.
0: Yeah. Now, one place where I think uh, it kind of s- surprised me, I guess, for a lack of a better word, uh, was seeing how much the mouth is it can interrupt our sleep. So sleep disordered breathing, uh, and I think many of us would know that because yeah. uh, if we're over 40, I would say a large percentage of us probably snore. Some people even have uh, sleep apnea or something you actually introduced me to now is upper airway resistance syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we talk about those? because you know for a lot of folks, you know they're going to go to the doctor and they have may have a sleep issue, they may get diagnosed, go to a sleep clinic, and the doctor's going to say, lose weight. But some of this is already kind of a little bit done because our mouth is already where it's where it's going to be. But so can you talk about how the mouth, the the teeth, and then how that all relaxed our sleep? Yeah,
2: yeah, great question. In fact, if you notice the longest chapter in my book, is about the breathing and the sleeping chapter because I think you're right. People don't like what is a dentist talking about sleep? I don't understand. So here's what it is. So when, when I talk about oral health, I'm talking about two different areas. One is the microbial health, and my goal is to educate the public. Let's move from killing the microbes and disinfecting our <laughs> our mouth and sterilizing our mouth to cleaning, protecting, and supplementing our mouth, right? That's really what I wanna be from the microbial perspective. We wanna protect and, you know, uh, nurture our microbial community that's in our mouth called the oral microbiome, which leads to our gut microbiome and all of that. So we can talk about that at some point later again. But the other side of it is the growth and development of the mouth. Now, contrary to what most people think, your mouth is not just this little area where you have your, these teeth, right? Your upper jaw called the maxilla, goes all the way under your eyes, you know, is the bones of the, uh, under your eyes, it's still part of the maxilla. It's part of your cheekbones. It forms the bones of the nasal cavity. And so, and then the lower jaw, of course, you know, houses the tongue and is the rest of your face. So other than your forehead and your eyes, everything mm. else in your face is your mouth. And so your mouth impacts your airway. Of course, it's the upper, upper jaw with the nose and the lower jaw with, with the tongue. And so, it has a dramatic impact on your breathing, right? And w- during the day, of course, breathing, uh, I don't have to tell you uh, oxygen is critical for everything, right? It's the number one nutrient that we need. It's even more critical on a, in, a, in a child, especially the five, the first five years, because their brain are like exploding, it goes from a 20, 25% size, the maximum size at birth, to 90% of its size by age five. So during those five years, the growth and development of the mouth is critical for their airway, breathing, oxygen intake, and sleep. What happens during sleep is if you don't have good airways, if you're not breathing correctly, that gets even worse at night because your muscles relax. So the tongue goes and blocks the airway. And as you mentioned, half of the people snore, and which means really we're all affected because either you snore yourself or your partner snores, which keeps you up at night and many other problems. And snoring, even though we always joke about it, you know, during, you know when I meet my friends, that's the number one thing that they joke about with their partner. You know, they always blame the other partner, of course. It's never them that they snore. But snoring, it's the first step of this downhill thing. First of all, it could be a sign that you already have something, like you said, UARS or sleep apnea, which they're all at the range at this, between when you say sleep disorder breathing, which is really all the breathing issues that cause you not to have a good night's sleep. It's really starts with snoring which basically is a vibration of your soft tissues, you know, with your nose and your mouth, because you're supposed to breathe with your nose. Now, why am I talking about the nose, even though I'm a dentist? It's because your palate, which is the roof of your mouth, is also the floor of your nose. It's the same bone. So when your mouth is small, your airway is small. You can't breathe through your nose, right? When your mouth is small, your tongue doesn't sit against the palate. So it goes and blocks your airway, and you can't breathe at night. So no that really we should be the dentist community should be the leading the charge against sleep apnea and, and this sleep disorders uh and we should work hand in hand with sleep physicians right they can make the diagnosis we can create make the dental uh appliances that help with breathing and as you very well said it the best time to do to do this is when you when you have a child and they have airway breathing issues and that's why uh, you should see a pediatric dentist when your baby is born immediately because if it, it literally starts from even health of pregnancy impacts the, these things. But let's the, the, really the latest you should see a pediatric dentist is right at birth or before the baby are coming in, because let's just say your baby has a tongue tie. Now the tongue doesn't move around. That means it doesn't sit against the palate, which means you, the baby can swallow, they can breastfeed, the, the, then they're going to start breathing through their mouth, cause mouth breathing. When, the, when you start breathing through your mouth, the nasal airway doesn't get stimulated. So the mouth, mouth and the nose don't grow correctly. And so, yes, you can see these little things start becoming really big problems over time. During childhood, because your mouth is not, the bones have not formed and they're still growing and the sutures have not fused. As orthodontists, as pediatric dentists, we can actually fix problems, right? We can actually permanently fix it. We expand the upper jaw, we bring the lower jaw forward, and we permanently fix airway issues. In adults like me and you, we can still fix it, but we have. it usually involves wearing something up to bed, right? Uh, Yes, you can do some surgical treatments, but I'm not a big fan of it for majority of the cases. But some of the common things is obviously we can lose weight or become more healthier in general. But if those things are not working, then you need to wear an oral device that kind of keeps your jaw and your mouth open during nighttime so you can sleep better. Or you can wear a CPAP, you know, those devices. And some of those things, of course, it's different for everybody. There are like 100 devices that are out there that could work differently for different people. And so you really, people need to visit their dentist and or sleep physician and find something because it doesn't matter what you do, you need to breathe. I need to breathe. As we said, you can't really joke around with oxygen intake. Every single cell in your body will suffocate if you're not breathing correctly, which again, it gets exaggerated when we're sleeping.
0: Yeah, and and the reason I brought this up is sleep is so fundamental to our overall well-being and health. 100%. If you're not sleeping well, you, know, you can eat well, you can exercise, you can do pretty much everything else you want. Gonna have a good you're still of not going to be optimized. No. Uh, so if you are struggling with snoring or or sleep apnea, you know, go go see your dentist and and your sleep specialist and have some conversations because I think that's something we'll all want to look at because it, it, it's, it's like I said, like you said, it's, it's happening. There's so many of us are snoring, common.
2: very common. So. And because of the obesity epidemic, this has gone worse and worse, right? In the last 20 years, by the way, I just did want to say that not every dentist, unfortunately, and every physician is airway focused or sleep trained. It's just a small fraction mm-hmm. of them. Unfortunately, Are it is a requirement, not a requirement, but to, in 2017, American Dental Association recommended that every dentist does a sleep screening or airway screening during every dental exam, or the, you know, but but we just don't because the, there's one thing for them to recommend is one thing for the dentist to go back to school and actually get trained and educated about this. So when you do go to your dentist, make sure that they are trained and they know about sleep and airway. Now I'll
0: admit I I'm I'm like everybody else, and so I'm out there and I'm like I want to I want to do better for my health. So I wanna, I'm going into this uh, health food store and they've got. All this different uh, stuff, you know, uh, toothpaste, uh, uh, mouthwash, toothpaste and all. That. I know, about and, that. And, 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 but this is yeah, and th- but this is a health store, so I'm like, in yeah. there, and they, so they have this this um, clay, you know, so it's basically dirt, um, yep. is what it was, and they they flavored it cinnamon, um, which I don't know if that was good or bad. But in your book, you go through and talk about some of the ingredients that we're going to see in our dental care products, like you uh, called one of them the mouth ingredients and then the mouth-standing ingredients uh, kind of plays on uh, building words. But so some of these are really bad for us and we probably shouldn't have them in our healthcare, uh, our, our oral care. Uh, and some are probably really good for us. Can you kind of go through and talk about some of the good ones and some of the bad ones?
2: I'm happy to do it. Like you said, I know when I go to the grocery store and I see that toothpaste aisle, I'm like, how does a person supposed to make that decision? You know, we as dentists, I'm on the board of UCLA Dental School, and we get little to no education, almost none in dental school about oral care products. We have no, you would think your dentist knows what's in a toothpaste. Our education and knowledge of it is just as much as you, you'd be surprised to know we just know like, okay, maybe fluoride. I've asked... You know, 20 dentists, what's in a toothpick? Fluoride? What else is there? I don't know. How does the fluoride work? I don't know. So, um, you know, and if you don't want to use fluoride, what else do you use? I don't know. Like you go, like you, like you go to the, like a natural health store and you're like, I don't know, maybe this is just good. And the people who make it. They have no idea because they're not oral health experts. And so, of course, people don't know what to use. Dentists don't know what to use. So the manufacturers just kind of do their own thing. And uh, and then people end up buying something that has the boldest claim or has the nicest packaging, or for the kids has the best flavoring, nothing based on science and fact and clinical research and something that's safe and effective. Those two things are critical. For kids, playfulness is even important because we want to make sure they build positive associations, but safe and effective, safe and effective. These are the two things that are always like any anything we put in our bodies. We want to make sure it's safe and effective. Food, like, like you said, we I think we're many of us are educated about reading what's in our food you know or educating about what's you know healthy food what's organic what's natural what's whole food what's fermented all of those things but when it comes to oral care products because nobody has this information I, I thought I gotta put this in my in the book so people have a reference you know so what's mouthstanding good what's mouthrageous terrible then you should never put it by the way what other food do you put in your mouth twice a day every single day other than your toothpaste and mouthwash nothing right so this is such an important thing right because I mean, and let me just tell you, with the toothpaste and the mouthwash, all the oral oral care products that you put in your mouth, they get absorbed through your mouth, through the mucosa, through the mucous membranes. And then, of course, it goes to the blood, goes everywhere in your brain. Of course, we swallow some of it. There's no way that you're not going to swallow. So that's why these ingredients in, in your oral care products are so important, not just for the health of your mouth, but for the health of your body. So let's go over a couple of the very important ones. One is fluoride. Can we, let's just start with the <laughs> with the, contra- the most controversial uh, toothpaste ingredient or mouthwash ingredient called fluoride. Okay. So fluoride is a drug, is a medication. It's FDA regulated one. It's currently in the United States, the only compound that it's approved for anti-cavity. By the way, in other countries, there's another ingredient, which is my favorite, and I'll tell you about it in just a second. So fluoride. Fluoride, how does it work? Your enamel, your teeth are made out of these, by the way, Your teeth are alive, and that's another thing that I want everybody to remember, because I think we treat the mouth like it's—we have just have these twenty or thirty dead objects in our mouth that we need to sterilize them and polish them from the outside twice a day and get it to the dentist so they can really polish it good twice a year. But our mouth is alive; our teeth are alive. You know, they have internal cells and nervous system and all of that, and so we want to give it nutrients and everything. So fluoride. Uh, is a is a is a drug in fact anything that comes with fluoride any toothpaste or mouthwash FDA has a as a warning sign on it you're mandated by putting that that says warning keep it away from children under age six something like this by the way uh, if you swallow it over what we need to use it for toothpaste you need to call the nearest poison control center this is an FDA regulation so of course that means that if you fluoride at high levels is toxic to your body right this is not me saying it now, fluoride does work. It, it, when The way you get cavities, when you eat something acidic or sugary, your pH of the mouth, which is the, the, the acidity of the mouth, which is really something important that everybody should learn about, is it's usually at neutral, around 7. But then it drops when you eat something. It drops when it reaches, reaches around 5.5. Those enamel uh, crystals called hydroxyapatite. Ninety-seven percent of your enamel is made out of this mineral. It's a calcium phosphate mineral called hydroxyapatite. It dissolves a little bit of it dissolves away in that acidic environment into the saliva. When then the saliva bathes the teeth. After thirty minutes or so, then these minerals get deposited back into the teeth, called remineralization of the teeth. So when there's a balance between these, this demineralization and remineralization, you don't get a cavity. But if you eat too much food, uh, bad foods, quote-unquote, or if you feed it too frequently, there is too much demineralization, not enough remineralization, you get a cavity, okay? And so what fluoride does, fluoride mixes with hydroxyapatite, forms this new mineral called fluorapatite, and that fluorapatite is stronger to acidic attacks because it doesn't get dissolved until the acid reaches 4.5. And the 4.5 to 5.5 difference is a big difference. And that's why fluoride works. So there's definitely fluoride works, but I because it has all these potential toxicities, I don't recommend it for majority of the patients, especially with younger children, because, because dental fluorosis, which is one of the side effects of too much fluoride, usually happens in kids. And because it's such a common thing in our society now. So if you're if you have young children and they don't have, they're not prone to getting cavities and they're not a high-risk child. Which means they don't have genetic problems. Don't have you know again the genetic things are just ten percent of the situation. So for major of the kids, you can replace that fluoride. Don't just remove the fluoride and don't put anything, but you can replace it with something else called hydroxyapatite, which is the synthetic version of what's in already naturally in your teeth. And that is around since nineteen seventies. It's it's been tested and tested and tested and tested. It's completely safe and it remineralizes it just as good or better than. Fluoride. In fact, it's been already approved in Canada since 2015 for anti-cavity. Uh, in Japan, they've been using it for about 30 years. And so in the US, I'm hoping FDA is going to catch up with some of these other countries. We're going to hopefully approve it. But right now it's already available in some products. And so don't just remove fluoride, replace it with this. Now, if you're a high-risk person, which means you get cavities, you know, you have a mouth, dry mouth, your pH is low, you use whatever. There's just, I go through this uh, more in detail in my book you should use some fluoride. And so you can also even mix it with hydroxyapatite. Because also for older people, you don't swallow as much. You know, you're swallowing reflexes that develop. So so again, for the, I would reserve fluoride for maybe 20% of the population, older people and higher risk people. And for younger people and lower risk people, I would use Hydroxyapatite, specifically nano hydroxyapatite, which is, mimics the natural enamel, which naturally whitens the teeth, it remineralizes the teeth, it reduces sensitivity, it even buffers the teeth against cavities and acidic attacks. Okay, that's one other ingredient. Yeah. You asked me for like, but as you can <laughs> see, I'm very passionate. <laughs> no, that's about good. It. No,
0: no, it is. It's great. I, there was another one that was kind of surprising to me. Um, was you, when you got into some of the sugar alcohols that, you know, as we're trying to, obviously you, you don't want to brush your teeth with sugar, mm-hmm. but we, we like that, like that bubblegum flavor, right? Yeah. Uh, so we want something a little sweeter, something a little bit more of a taste. And so it's going to be sweetened, uh, yes. but not all of the sugar alcohols are the same. Exactly.
2: Not all sugars are the same, right? Uh, by the way, I hate this name, sugar alcohol. I wish somebody would have, because it, by the way, it has no sugar and no alcohol. I just want to repeat this. No sugar and no alcohol in these sugar alcohols. So I don't know. Whoever came up with this name is like just terrible, terrible naming. So they are just like everything else. If you ask, if I ask you, hey, is food good or bad? You say, well, call me, which food? There are foods that are fantastic or foods that are terrible. Is mouthwash good or bad? There are mouthwashes that are fantastic. They're alkaline, alkalizing mouthwashes. They use really great ingredients. But most, the ones that you see, there are these fluorescent colors or neon colors and you can't keep them, you know, they're terrible. And it's the same thing with sugar alcohols. they are like uh, cheaper ones like sorbitol, which is very common. And the only reason they're used because they're very cheap. They're not as good because um, the bacteria causes cavity, they can still ferment and use that, that as, as food, and then they can excrete acid and cause cavity. So my two favorite sugar alcohols, again, I hate that name, that are naturally present in fruits are xylitol and erythritol. And those both have been, have been really, especially xylitol. Xylitol has been extensively studied. There was a study that just came out that looked at over 200 studies on xylitol and concluded that it acts like a prebiotics. And uh, just quickly, the difference between probiotics and prebiotics is probiotics is bacteria. Prebiotics is food for the microbes. So prebiotics are compounds that naturally is produced. Like, for example, in breast milk, the third most common uh, I- ingredient is prebiotics already. So nature already does this, right? And so we want to mi- mimic nature. And so prebiotics, you know, xylitol, inulin is another great prebiotics that It doesn't kill the microbes in your mouth. It gives it, it, um, you know, it gives, it feeds the good bacteria and starves the bad ones. But also xylitol and and erythritol, like you mentioned, they have great taste because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we encourage people to use it. And uh, that way it it gives them a great flavor. At the same time, it, it provides the food for the good microbes. It also raises the pH. Because it stimulates salivary glands to uh, uh, produce saliva, so it, it works in different ways to make sure that we keep our mouths healthy. Great.
0: and th- there's a there's a lot in the book on on how to go about doing this. And you also you have a product, don't you? It's a product line, Super Mouth, or
2: yeah. So yeah. we're launching uh, this company called Super Mouth, and and this is why, again. Like you said, we go to the grocery store and we have no idea where to buy, what to buy for ourselves, what to buy for our kids. We go to the dentist, the dentist doesn't know what to do. So how do we do this? What's the solution? Well, the solution is this. You would go on this website, supermat.com, sold in July 31st, and you would just say, hey, my my name is this, this is my age, and these are my, some of my risk factors. We ask just five or six questions per house family member. And then we become your proactive oral care advisors. So every three months, every six months, every family member will get a box, customized oral care products for that individual that based on super acronym, S-U-P-E-R, everything will be super. They're completely safe for S. They're unified. They work together as a system. So you don't get this, this, like this person that I met three weeks ago that uses antibiotics and then uses probiotics at the same time, right? Their P is playful. Again, we want to build positive associations with your oral care. They're based on superheroes and villains with movies and augmented reality and storytelling. They're effective, E, super, because at the end of the day, if they're not working, right? I just uh, talked to a good friend of mine. We were having breakfast this morning and his wife, when she was pregnant, she got seven cavities after pregnancy because she avoided, quote unquote, conventional oral care products. So, but they're not, they weren't effective so, I mean, so it was terrible. So if, so if we're going to remove something like fluoride, let's just say during pregnancy, well, what are you going to replace it with? So our oral care products are completely safe and effective during pregnancy and early childhood and, and beyond. And and the, at the end of the uh, the R stands for reputable because we want you to come to us, dental experts, oral health experts for your information, not Google or social media and random people that you have have zero to little knowledge about oral health.
0: Yeah, or, or the tagline kills 99.9%. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dr. Haas, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well?
2: I love it, I love it. Um, I would just say, I think the three things is because people know about eating healthy. Like if I asked average person, I'm sure you would agree. How do you stay healthy? I think the average person would say, well, eat healthy and exercise. Those are the two messages that we've always heard. But my job and my passion and my goal is to add a third one to that. And the third one is to take care of your mouth. Take care of your mouth from the microbial perspective and take care of your mouth from the growth and development perspective, from airway perspective. So that would be my passion. Eat healthy, exercise daily, and take care of your mouth.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, they say the smile is the gateway to the soul. So I I have to agree with you there. (laughs) Uh, If someone wanted to learn more about you, learn more about your book, if your mouth could talk,
2: where would you like for me to send them? So uh, you can buy my book from your favorite bookstore, you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, but you can also go to our specific website about the book, themouthbook.com. My dental practice is also thesuperdentists.com. So those are a a few places that you can get information about me, my practice, and the book.
0: Cool. You can go to 40 plus com forward slash five three nine and I'll be sure to have links there. Dr. Haas, thank you so much for being a part of 40 plus fitness.
2: Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Welcome back,
0: Raz.
1: Hey Alan. Well, wait a minute. I just got to say what an interesting conversation this was. When you first said you were gonna have a dentist on, I was like you know, what we're going to learn about that. But we learned a lot. And I actually learned that the bacteria in our mouth is very important and I'm killing it with my mouthwash. I had no idea.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, most of the products that we use, consumer products, they have a a really good marketing company that's going to tell you what you need to know. (laughs) And what you need to know Mm -hmm. is that you need a sterile mouth. Yeah. Um, and so they, you know, and it sounds reasonable. It's like when, you know, someone tells you that you have a microbiome on your skin, that there's mm-hmm. billions, trillions, maybe of bacteria crawling all over your skin. It gives you the heebie-jeebies, you know, it it's does. Like, <laughs> it really does. You know, you're sitting there looking at your arm. It's like, where are those Ooh. little critters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> I don't want to touch anybody because uh, they got the heebie-jeebies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but so the the point being is that yeah we we have these microbiomes a lot of this stuff we're still figuring out how do these mm-hmm. interact with each other how do they survive together and what are we doing that's harming them because we we antibiotics don't get me wrong they are one of the best medical inventions ever mm-hmm. but they are like a nuclear bomb exactly taking out everything and mm-hmm. we're we're making better nukes better and better antibiotics as we get more, you know, bodies get resistant to the easy ones. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, those bugs are now resistant and we have to go harder and we have to go heavier and it's a bigger bomb and a bigger bomb. And, you know, then your ability to regrow that is extremely Mm -hmm. limited because these bugs in many cases don't even exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody's killed them.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there's there's none, you know. So it's not like you get in the soil. We we don't do that, you know. No. Don't let your kid get their hands dirty. Oh my God! Don't put your hand in your mouth, you know. Yeah. God, we were eating mud pies, you know.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. And drinking out of the garden hose.
0: Yeah. 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 We should be sure. dead. But yeah. no, it made us healthier. Who knew? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, there are these there are microbiomes throughout the body, and they're there as a part of our immune system. They're there to help us stay healthy and mm-hmm. you know, mouthwash. It's a good marketing term. It sounds like mm-hmm. you're doing the right thing. I want yeah. a good, fresh, clean mouth Yeah, and, and you're over cleaning it is effectively right. the answer.
1: Yeah. That was a big surprise. Although I'm not surprised about fluoride. I think a lot of people know that a lot of times our city water is, um, fluorinated, then you've get the fluorine in the toothpaste. And if you're over time, Taking in too much fluoride that can become a problem, so it was interesting that he had an alternative for that.
0: Yeah, there there are some alternatives and some things. Xylitol is one, it's a sugar alcohol. Again, don't mm-hmm. you don't have to swallow it, you just need it on your teeth. Right. Uh, and the other was this product I had not heard of before, but nano hydroxyapatite,
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: and they call it nano hap for short. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look it up, uh, it's available, I, it's, it's going to be in his product, so realize he's selling, pro- he's going to be selling dental products too so probably toothpaste and things like that because these these toxins like fluoride and whatnot they're a cumulative thing mm-hmm. and so if you're if you're br- having your kid brush their teeth twice a day and they're swallowing too much fluoride and getting yeah. it in their water
1: mm-hmm. there's
0: this buildup and a potential so uh it's his opinion that children should not be using fluoride in their water that said or mean in, in their toothpaste but that mm-hmm. said If you, if they're prone to cavities, Mm -hmm. then they need something to protect the enamel. So the two things you look for are how do we reduce the acidity and how do we help the teeth build back stronger the way fluoride would. Mm -hmm. And so there are these alternatives and it's worth looking into Mm -hmm. to help your child not have that much fluoride probably too much and so get maybe drink having your kid drink filtered water because I think you can some of these filters um, can remove the fluoride from the water Um, and then you can look at the toothpaste and and maybe take some there but if you're going to do that and they need something to help with the hardening of the teeth
1: Mm -hmm.
0: then you're going to look at it and the other thing that we didn't talk about because it's, it's we're an adult show. We're, I mean we're not an adult adult, but we're talking about <laughs> us and being healthy over forty. But yes, with children, grandchildren, things like that, if they're not taking care of their baby teeth, they're going to have problems with their adult teeth. And I know sure. my, I, I always thought well they're going to lose it, so who cares? It, <laughs> it it does it does matter. It you know the, the mouth affects your health, but the mouth mm-hmm. as you're growing up affects what your mouth is going to be when you get older. Sure. Um, you know, there's zero reason for anyone to have to have teeth extraction, mm-hmm. except for the mm-hmm. fact that it was a kid. We didn't take care of little problems that later became big problems. So your mouth is not big enough to handle your wisdom teeth. You know, I'm not much of a talker other than being on a podcast, but I, I have my wisdom teeth, um, mm-hmm. because oh, I have wow. a big enough mouth that it was never ah. a problem. Lucky. Um, Yeah. I mean, but it, you know, it's part of that's genetic, but the other part Mm -hmm. of it is just, you know, taking care of your teeth when you're young.
1: Sure. Um, You know, I never did
0: anything silly other than smash (laughs) my face and kill one of my teeth. So I have, you know, have my issues, but Mm -hmm. uh, not to the point where I didn't have enough mouth for the teeth that were going to come in.
1: Well, healthy habits need to start at a young age. And if we can teach our children and grandchildren how to care for their teeth and they'll have healthier habits as uh, adolescents and as a young adults.
0: But then on our side, yes, the best time for us to have taken care of our teeth for when we were <laughs> children, the yes. best time you can take care of your teeth right now, you know, and yes. that's, that's what we've got. So yeah. um, if you're, if you're having some issues with periodontist or I think that's what I pronounce right, but if you're having some issues. Uh, it's worth getting it looked into because there mm-hmm. is there is a correlation there. There is a mm-hmm. heart disease and some of these other uh, lifestyle diseases. There's a correlation. The reason I wanted to Dennis on was predominantly for the heart disease. So some of this was also eye opening to me yeah. because I was thinking, wow, this they've tied this to diabetes, to cancers, to Alzheimer's disease, all these different lifestyle. We, we we're now starting to realize our lifestyle diseases. So Mm -hmm. while the cause might not be the dental issues, Mm -hmm. there's an association. And so if we're not taking care of our mouth, we're probably not taking care of our health. So it's a red flag at the very least for you to say, okay, why am I having these dental problems? What can I do about it? And is this a lifestyle thing that's causing this versus, because there's people that brush their teeth twice a day, three times a day, Oh, yeah. I still have issues mm-hmm. um, with this with this. And so it's you know, there is a care regimen. There is a hygiene and that's in his book. He's really, really good about walking you through a proper dental hygiene thing. And it includes getting the acidity of your mouth down, which can be the choice of foods. It can be a mouth mm-hmm. spray or something like that. But it's getting that acidity down. And then the second aspect of it is just making sure that you have strong, healthy enamel in your teeth, that your teeth Mm -hmm. are living things and they need to be cared for. Uh, You can think of them like plants. You have to take care of them or they're going to go away. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and so, you know, that's that's really why I wanted to have someone on like him, because it's really the first what I'd say, good book or book out there. I was like, I we could talk about health in relation to dental health and Mm -hmm. overall health and what that relationship is. Uh, But it it is, this is a, this is a care manual. I mean, literally this will teach you how to take care of your teeth, your children's teeth, if they'll listen to you uh, and your grandchildren's teeth, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's a really good manual for you to go through, get an understanding of the relationships and things that are good for you, build a good hygiene and, Mm -hmm. and you'll have a better mouth.
1: That sounds great. And I think I need to take a look at that hygiene because mm-hmm. my mouth, my mind is blown about the whole <laughs> 99% of killing all the bacteria in your mouth as being a problem. So, yeah, I'd like to see what he's yeah. got uh, um, for us to take better care of our mouths and therefore better care of our health. That sounds okay. really interesting.
0: Well, the name of the book is it's Dr. Cami Haas, and the name of the book is If Your Mouth Could Talk. So
1: perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rachel.
0: I'll talk to you next week.
1: Sounds great. Take care, Ellen. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Next time on the 40 plus fitness podcast, we discuss the three simple tactics to lose your spare tire over 40. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.